Inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, I am Trevor Sigma. With me is Benjamin Solak. Here, continuing our draft recap series for the 2020 NFL Draft. Now on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers get the feature piece of this episode. The Steelers draft class was pretty short and sweet. I mean, they started off in the second round. They picked Chase Claypool, the combine freak wide receiver out of Notre Dame. In the third round, they went Alex Highsmith, the edge from Charlotte. In the fourth round, they picked Anthony McFarlane, the running back out of Maryland, my boy. And then Kevin Dotson, the interior guard from Louisiana Lafayette, also my boy. Then in the sixth round, they got Antoine Brooks Jr., the safety out of Maryland. Double Maryland connection there. And then in the seventh round, Carlos Davis, the interior defensive lineman out of Nebraska. Ben, as I bring you into this podcast, no quarterback pick for the Steelers? I mean, were you shocked on that? And then what did you think of their haul overall before we bring our guest in? No, I wasn't too surprised by that. I know something that we talked about, and certainly there's a lot of reasons to not feel great about Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges in terms of the future, but it's tough to carry a fourth quarterback on your team. And so if they were to draft one, you would have to move on from one of Rudolph and Hodges, and they don't necessarily want to do that at this stage, so I get it. Overall, it was an interesting haul. It was a weird haul. The the the, the excuse me, the Steelers didn't have as many picks as most teams did, and as per usual, they kind of went right after their guys, uh, independent of value and kind of independent of need as well. So it'll be interesting to see what this class does for the team. I was a big fan of the guys that they brought in, but to help us understand whether or not they were the right fits, we have on with us this podcast, Christopher Carter, who is the host of the Locked on Steelers podcast. Chris, my man, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. This is great. I listen to the show all the time. Wow, we really, uh, we really appreciate that, and it's great. To, and he still agreed to, to come on. Imagine <laughs> to have to have you on the podcast. But I've got to start with this one just because it seems like the big storyline, and there seems like there was such a disconnect between what the national guys were saying and what was really going on, and that is the quarterback position. Were you shocked at all that they didn't draft a quarterback? Because I feel like from the people that we heard in Pittsburgh who follow the situation closely. They were saying this really wasn't going to be a thing for this draft, but all the national people seem to be killing the Steelers. Was this just a matter of the national guys not understanding what was going on in the building when it came to the quarterback pick? I wasn't at all. And uh, and anyone who's listened to me uh, has known, I've been telling people that there were a lot of Steelers fans saying, what about Jalen Hurts? And I'm like, listen. I like Jalen Hurts. I, I like evaluating Jalen Hurts. I think that he would be an interesting prospect for the Steelers, but it just wasn't going to happen. Hmm. The Steelers made it clear they were okay with their quarterback room going into 2020. They wanted to invest that early pick uh, in the second round into a weapon that either solidifies depth on defense or gets Ben Roethlisberger a weapon for when he comes back. And uh, and uh, there were, we had inside sources saying all the same things. Uh, you know, just confirming what Tomlin and Colbert and Rooney all as head coach, uh, GM and owner all and team president all saying the same things across the board that they were not going to address quarterback. So it, it was funny, you know, like nationally, I get it. You know, not everyone's in tune with what's going on locally here in Pittsburgh. Right. But uh, but when it comes but like when it came to like, you know, locally, like there were a couple guys that do radio around here and aren't. You know, they don't focus on football per se. They, they kind of bounce around. And they were surprised. Like, oh, why didn't they go quarterback? And it's like, well, if you paid attention to anything that these guys were saying in your own town, you would know that they, it shouldn't be a surprise. So it, it wasn't a surprise to me. Um, also, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't think that Devin Hodges has that number three spot locked up. The Steelers had on their practice squad both Paxton Lynch and JT, JT Barrett. Um, Hodges, you know, is it, it deserves recognition for for winning a couple games in the position that he was in. But as the season went on, when teams realized, oh, this guy can't really chuck the ball, uh, that became a major weakness for the team. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting quarterback competition for that third spot um, just to see if Paxton Lynch can get his uh, his stuff together because, uh, you, know, there's the, you know, there's all the talk about how he didn't focus enough uh, when he first came into the league and, uh, you know, didn't li- he obviously didn't live up to his first-round pick hype. Uh, but – if he can just come in and just be decent with the playbook, his arm puts him above Devlin Hodges just for being able to throw the ball further and and uh, his throwing motions a little bit better than than Hodges. Um, but you know, as far as as far as the quarterback room, they're banking on Ben Roethlisberger. They're in the Ben or bust situation. If he goes down again, they're just gonna like you know what? Well, we we bet on this guy. Uh, it just didn't work. Um, but I, I they're they're absolutely comfortable with it. I was not shocked. Ben or bust. I had not heard of that until right now, but that actually is too that up, I, I, I was just saying, I was like, oh, that, that's too B. That's alliteration. There if, we go. <laughs> people love alliteration. So if no one has said it to this point, Chris, you better you better claim that thing. I, I do. TM right here. Y'all heard me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's actually how I feel about this podcast is Ben or bust, but that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, let me ask you this. Not surprising they don't go for quarterback. I was surprised that Chase Claypool was the pick in the top 50. So as somebody who is not as plugged into the Steelers as you are, maybe you could let me know. Do you feel like wide receiver was the biggest need on this roster? Was that really the Steelers' plan going in? And if so, why a player player like Claypool when there were still other talented receivers who were of a different mold on the board? Well, I'll, I'll say this. I was surprised. Uh, you know, they, they were hinting. They are not hinting. They were flat out saying that they respected this receiver class a lot. Um, and uh, the Steelers, I mean, they're known for just drafting wide receivers. I mean, in the past, this is the fourth year in a row where they've either picked the receiver in the second round or super early in the third round, that being Deontay Johnson. Um, and, uh, and and they have a heck of a of a of a, of a lineage of wide receivers. You think about Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown. You know, you, you know, Louis Louis Lips and all the guys way back to the seventies, including Swan and Stallworth. It's just it's part of the organization's just history. Uh, but was I surprised? Surprised. I mean, I, I was surprised they, that they picked Chase Claypool, um, but they justified it. Like, you know, if, if you got to hear Tomlin and Colbert talking about it, they said that they they had Claypool on their big board in the you know much higher than 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 where he was, and they mm-hmm. saw that as a as a spot where they could not pass on, on picking him. And and myself, I was with a lot of a lot of the, the the draft experts like you guys. I was thinking like, you know, Claypool, I love his athleticism. I love his size. I love his ability to go up and get the football. But, you know, I'm, I'm just you know, how much, you know, his separation is called into question, how does that play out? Um and so I had reasonable questions. I thought, you know, if they get him in round 3, great. That that's fine for that that comp pick that they got for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but the Steelers, I, you know, I've, I've learned lessons over the years, guys. And my first, le- and the first lesson I learned was don't ch- challenge Kevin Colbert when he picks a wide receiver. <laughs> right, gets it right. Sure, yeah. No, I you you touched a little bit on that that third round pick there. That ended up being Alex Highsmith, and I guess this kind of has to be a little bit of a combination question because I was sitting here thinking, hey, how exactly is Highsmith going to fit in this pass rush room with? Bud Dupree back and of course with TJ Watt but then it goes to the other picks as well some of the day three picks the Antoine Brooks and the, the Carlos Davis 
How do you see each of these guys fitting on what the Steelers are trying to do on defense? First with Highsmith because he was the higher pick, but then maybe what you see in those other two guys as well. Uh, I look at Highsmith, and I see a guy with a high motor. He's he's very explosive off the ball. I yeah, love his first sure. Um and I, I love the way how he diversifies his pass rush moves. He has a he has a really good rip move. He's flashed a spin move. Uh, he loves to get that inside gap and, and set you up. And then he still has good bend when he just attacks the outside shoulder. Um, so all those things, uh, you know, to me, make him a, a good candidate. He's obviously, to me, going to be the first backup, the Anthony Ciccolo of the roster. For those who don't mm-hmm. know, Anthony Ciccolo was the Steelers' backup edge rusher they had this past year. He's kind of floated around in the roster as a special teams guy and a backup edge rusher. Um, but, you know, he never panned out. He was a fifth-round pick, so, you know, it's kind of what it was. But Highsmith, we projects as a guy that, you know, he has a chance that if he impresses them enough this year – they will not feel the need to sign Bud Dupree to a long-term deal, despite Kevin Colbert and the Steelers making it clear that they wanted to sign Bud Dupree to a long-term deal right. um, to lock that down. Uh, but I, I see Highsmith doing that. If he does that well and does special teams well, um, they 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 may be feeling like, you know what, Bud, we love you, man, but we got to go with this young guy because they mm. watch about to get <laughs> at the other edge record spot. So uh, I, yeah, I'm, I I like the pick of Alex Highsmith. I had him as one of my quote unquote sleepers in my on my DKPittsburghSports.com article on sleepers, um, just for what you know Steelers fans might not be expecting. Um, and, and as an edge rusher, he, he brings that kind of edge. Uh, you know, he's a little bit he's a little bit you know like uh, bulkier, uh, and then that's that goes in line with the the kind of the the '90s to 2000s style of Steelers edge rushers when you picked up Joey Porter and, and Jason Gilden and Lamar Woodley all those guys are defensive ends in college and then all, all of a sudden they're they're outside linebackers in a 3-4 system so I, I think he fits fine there um, as far as Antoine Brooks um, you know a lot of people are talking about the Maryland connection because the, the Steelers selected two players from Maryland and, yeah. and McFarland yeah um, and anyone who who's on the inside knows one, they got Matt Canada, who was the coach at Maryland, Maryland, but also Mike Tomlin's son, Dino Tomlin, is currently at Maryland. So there's some obvious connections there that that, that come in, and people hmm. are like, hey, maybe maybe they got to jump on on this, or they, maybe they just really believed in these guys. But Brooks puts himself in an interesting position as as a rookie. One, they already have a box safety in Marcus Allen, even though he hasn't really proved himself as much. Um, he's 6'2". He's a hard hitter for Penn State. But Brooks is more of a sideline-to-sideline type of guy that, you know, pre- you know ceiling-wise, he projects like what they wanted uh, uh, Mark Barron to be last year. Mm. Now, I-, I still wouldn't put it past the Steelers to sign a-, a vet safety and say, hey, you're the guy, or a vet inside linebacker and says, hey, you're the guy. Some of you were even talking about bringing back Mark Barron on the cheap because they still, they're still paying him guaranteed money from, this, from the contract they released him from. Um, but – uh, I, I like Brooks as 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 a as a rookie um, and as a guy to bring to camp, but I'm interested to see how they play that hybrid linebacker spot because yeah. I can tell you I was at I was at Steelers training camp last year and they tried a lot of those three safety uh, defenses that had um, Sean Davis, uh, Terrell Edmonds, and uh, at the time it was Cam Kelly, and then they were trying St. Cameron Sutton and a few other guys all before Minka Fitzpatrick got there. I, I thought that safety could have been a reasonable place for them to go with, with that second round pick had Delpit and Winfield and, and McKinney not all flown off the board. Mm. Um, so, uh, so you know, just for my money, I think that Brooks makes the roster uh, again, a lot of it is based on how he contributes on special teams. Uh, but 
Uh, if, but I, I think he, they could, they might try to use him as that hybrid role that says, hey, you know what? It's third down. We're taking Vince Williams off because he's more of a pass rusher, run stuffer type. We need you to work with Devin Bush to go sideline to sideline. Makes sense. Chris, let me. I, I, it's funny because just yesterday we had the Colts podcast come out, and I think I asked Evan the exact same question I'm about to ask you. Um, but somebody's got to explain this running back room to me. I've got <laughs> James Conner, I've got Jalen Samuels, I've got Benny Snell, and now I've got a fourth round pick in Anthony McFarland. Uh, so we got depth. Uh, but it's difficult to peg who exactly, or I should say how exactly these carries are going to be doled out. I think James Conner is expected to have the lion's share. Obviously, his health is the question mark here. But in terms of end camp, who do you think's fighting for which roles? You know, Snell and Conner filling similar molds. Jalen Samuels kind of being a tight end guy. Kind of how does this depth chart shake out? And then by week one, what are we looking at in terms of a distribution of touches? Well, I see James Conner being the the RB1 for sure, but Benny Snell is going to come in and push for it. Uh, one trend that I've noticed over the years, guys, is that you remember Le'Veon Bell, if he came in in his rookie year in 2013, he came in heavy. He, he did all right, but you saw in 2014 he lost weight, became quicker, became lighter, and that's when he became Le'Veon Bell. Everyone was like, oh, hey, well, that guy's really good. Um, and then James Conner. Same thing. Came into his rookie season in 2017, a little heavy, not as not as light a foot, not as quick to get to the holes, and uh, and you know he got injured late in that season. Then 2018 came back and he made the Pro Bowl and was looking pretty solid in the in the offense. Now you got Benny Snell, who he's a power back, you know, you know as well. But he came in. He also when you watch him in training camp and preseason and and even during the season, he's very downhill. But he wasn't hitting the holes as fast as he could. He wasn't people. He wasn't uh, beating players out in space when he had his one on ones. Now you're gonna see with uh, you know with, with a year off, maybe he's maybe he's focused less on bulking up and more on you know strengthening his legs. You know maybe getting quicker on on his feet, lighter on his feet. Um, so that's gonna be interesting to see if he pushes for that. I, I fully expect McFarland to push Samuels out of that third running back role because of his athleticism. Uh, you know, when you look at mm-hmm. just pure 40 yard dash times, uh, Samuels was the fastest of those guys with a 4.54. Uh, both, uh, uh, both Connor and Snell were in the mid 4.6s, but McFarland's a 4.44 guy. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he blazes. And I think that that brings value more so than what Samuels does. Samuels still doesn't pass protect. Well, um, he's okay as a receiver out of the backfield. He's more, they, they wanted him to be that H-back guy. He just hasn't fit in yet. Uh, and, and you saw it kind of last year. There were times it worked where they were trying to run, you know, like different option type of plays. But then there were a lot of times it did. And, and he never really found his role. Um, I, I expect McFarlane to come in as a third option on the roster. At, but a change of pace because Connor, and I, I, I've done some numbers crunching on this. I haven't done it for, for, 20, for, for the back end of 2019. But – Connor's a bulk of his success comes on power runs and when he has a lead blocker. When you give him a fullback or a pulling guard and he knows what hole to hit, he hits it hard, he may, he, he forces a missed tackle, and he gets extra yards. When you put him in zone blocking schemes, he gets a little too hesitant and he doesn't make it work as much. You don't get that that charge from James Connor that you like. Right. Um, Snell really hasn't had a chance to show either way. But McFarlane with his burst, with his speed – He's the kind of guy that could thrive in that zone blocking style that the Steelers used to love to do with Le'Veon Bell because that's what he lived off of. Um, so as far as the running back room, I still expect Connor to get the bulk of the carries. Um, Snell will probably push him, but I, I don't think this is a, 
uh, a classic Mike Tomlin, you know, he once said about Willie Parker, I'm going to run until the wheels fall off. That's not going to be the case here because they don't have a clear RB1 that's a superstar. Uh, but I do think that you're going to see um, them diversify their backfield to try and keep defenses guessing, like, okay, what kind of run is coming out against this right now? Because we're tired of Benny Snell and James Conner pounding us. Oh, wait, there's this small, quick guy who's going to run around us. I think that could be very interesting for how they approach the season. Listen, you said it, Ben or bust. So my yeah. last question from you here is, what's the faith level in Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, not only going into the 2020 season, but even long-term after that. When, when you say Ben or bust here in Pittsburgh, um, I look at I, I look at this. Everyone basically here is saying, look, when Ben goes, they're going to have to rebuild anyways. Or, or you know, they're just going to have to kind of chalk it up. Um, but I see this as a situation for Ben Roethlisberger. They're putting as much as they can on the next two years to win with him. Um, but they're going to, I think they're going to try and keep the defense together as much as they can because they believe that def- that the defense is going to be what carries this into the next generation. And even if they got to bring in a free agent quarterback that maybe they can still be competitive and even win- have, have winning seasons under Mike Tomlin um, with a new quarterback. But absolutely right now it's, they expect Ben to be the guy this year and and def- and most likely next year as well. After that, you know, they're they're unsure. But I mean, you've had guys like Kevin Col- Colbert, the Steelers GM, who's been the GM since 2000. Um, he's made it clear, like, look, I'm here year by year, which kind of signals to a lot of people that he stays as long as Ben stays. Marquise Pouncey has straight up said that he stays as long as Ben stays. Um, so there's there's a bit of a changing of the guard that will happen whenever Ben does decide to hang it up. Uh, but there's a lot of confidence in Ben Roethlisberger. One thing that a lot of people mistake, he didn't have a shoulder injury this past year, which is what dooms a lot of a lot of quarterbacks later in their careers. He had an elbow injury. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of physical therapists and people that are more smart about science than I am, uh, they, they're saying, like, that's very recoverable from. And uh, to, to put him on a, on, a, on a death knell because of that is a little premature. And, that, and that's not just my words. That's that's what a lot of the, these people are saying out here. And um, and they're saying that, you know, as far as long as he takes care of himself going into this season, he's going to be fine. Now, I still think that and I was I was sitting there. I got I'll be honest. I was sitting there a second round thinking like J.K. Dobbins. Boom. I mocked him. He was my last mock to the Steelers um, was thinking like, you know, he would fit what they do as a as a as a running style. Um, but uh, but, you know, they didn't go that route. I looked at this at Ben's year in 2018 when they had Antonio Brown, and I was thinking, like, man, like if they would just run run the ball more effectively, more efficiently with him, it would bring a balance. Because anyone who watches Ben's tape knows he's not he's not a, a film guru. He's not the decision making uh, uh, Superman when it comes like like Tom Brady or, or or you know some of the others like super smart quarterbacks out there. But he is a guy that can fire the ball in there. He'll he'll stay gritty. He'll stick to his guns. And sometimes that frustration will come back and bite him like like Brett Favre did. But he's a guy that's going to that's, that's always going to give you your best shot. And, and that you have you have to believe in if, if he's on your team. So um, I see that the the faith is look we're going to give Ben as many weapons as we can to to do what he wants with the offense. That's why they brought in Eric Ebron at tight end. Um, you may see some twelve personnel uh, formations with him and Mc uh, him and uh, I'm, I'm sorry Vance McDonald. 
um, come, coming out, and then they rotate the wide receiver position around. Um, you may see some some spread out wide receiver formations with Claypool, Juju, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, and then a running back of their choice, which is honestly where I think Anthony McFarlane would excel because a lot of his runs at Maryland came when they were spreading out that defense. Um, but I, I see that the Steelers have a lot of faith in Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to believe in, in him until he doesn't believe in himself anymore. And uh, that that's just how they're going to operate. They, they're going to let him uh, walk off when he's ready to walk off. And I don't think that's at least after another two years. All right. I think that we have to bring things home with the question that all of the Locked On hosts are getting as they come on the show, which is on the NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers do end up bringing home a ton of undrafted free agents. The challenge here is to correctly identify the one free agent who will make the 55-man roster this year. So I want to know, of all the UDFAs for the Steelers, who do you think is most likely to make the roster and why? (laughs) I mean... You guys are gonna hit me with that. Um, ah, I, you want to hear I, a list? I have a tar- hard time. No, like I, I got, I got a list. I got a list on me. Um, but I just, I have a hard time seeing anybody make it. But I'll give you not an undrafted free agent, but an XFL pickup. Is that okay? Oh, okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yes. I will listen. Absolutely. Kavon Walker, the defensive tackle, because of his ability to rush the passer. Listen here and hear me out. You look at him and is an interior pass rusher, right? They lost Javon Hargrave. They forfeited even trying to get of a Javon Hargrave in the draft. They knew they weren't going to be able to do that. Right. And so, but they they have Tyson Alulu, who's a decent interior defensive lineman. He he's technical. He at least he knows his gap assignments. He'll do a decent enough job. He won't create havoc or anything, but he won't be uh, exploited a whole bunch by by offensive lines. Then they brought in Chris Wormley, who's a good run stuffer, a good guy that can clog up, you know, take on double teams and just clog up a hole and keep your linebackers clean. But again, not a pass rusher. So this is where I think Walker can make a name for himself because the other defensive tackles on top of uh, Carlos Davis, who he just drafted, you look at Dan McCullers, who for the past, I guarantee you, four years, people have been saying that this is the, this is the last year for Dan McCullers. This is the last year for Dan McCullers. It never happens. He always makes the loss. <laughs> Nobody knows why, but he's, he's, he's big Dan McCullers. He's, he continues to make the roster. I think if Walker can show like, Hey, I'm that guy that can sub in for Hayward to it on passing downs and create some havoc. And even if it's not a like great havoc, it's just that me taking advantage of a one-on-one against a guard. That's not the best in the league or anything like that. I think that's what makes the roster and that's what, what gives them a little bit of boost. Um, but you know, here's the other thing is that you never sleep on you know, I, I have, I have sources inside the team. The biggest factor to a lot of these young guys making it special teams. You, do, sure. do, can you be right. a gunner? Can you make those tackles? Um, Cause they absolutely, they count special teams tackles. You know, they, they absolutely counted when Tyler Maticavich left for the bills, the guy who tied him for most tackles and special teams last year, Derek Watt. And guess what? He's a stealer this year. And that's where he's going to fill in even more than fullback. So um, wh- whoever comes in, uh, and, and excels on those special teams drills during training camp. If they have training camp or how they do, however they do that, that's what's going to make it. But if I'm picking one name right now that I know of, it's Kevon Walker. Just because I, I, I think that they like that pass rushing ability, and if he can just win, a, win a couple battles in camp, do well in some drills, and and, and have a few good plays in preseason, and show that he knows the playbook, I think that that's what they like. He gave Steelers fans a hashtag they can use for the next two years. He broke down the draft class, and he even gave us some XFL scoop. If you couldn't tell already, 
Christopher knows his stuff. We really appreciate you joining us, Chris. Before you get out of here, let everybody know where they can find your work at. You can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Don't be afraid to hit me over the at or DM. I always love chatting with you guys. You can join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group by searching Locked On Steelers on Facebook. Ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as I can. We're at over 550 loyal Locked On listeners that are part of that group chatting every day. Um, you Don't forget to subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're on everywhere that podcasts are found just like this great podcast. Uh, leave us a five-star review as well and a positive comment. Uh, thanks for doing that. Also, if you want to read my work, I'm, a, I'm the, the lead NFL analyst for DKPittsburghSports.com. You can go there. Also, we are offering a great deal. If you're a front lines worker right now, if you're an essential worker, you've been you've been in the hospitals, you've been in the gas stations, or you've been in the grocery stores, wherever you've been, you're working through it, putting yourself at risk. We are offering a free year-long subscription to our website uh, to anyone that reaches out to us. Go go on Twitter, search our search our uh, Twitter account. It's at DKPGH Sports on Twitter, and uh, hit us up. We'll get you hooked up with a free year-long subscription. We cover the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, and the University of Pittsburgh better than anybody else. Man, Steelers fans, if Yo, I that wasn't it for you, to our pods for the rest of time. I mean, come on, that's about as good of a sales pitch as it can get. Christopher, my man, we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, fellas. We got two more teams coming up for tomorrow's podcast. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.